And she said, you'll write when you have something to say. And that's okay. And I felt that so strongly before I went into this weekend, these three days. And I thought, you know, I think it just took this long to have something to say. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Darken the Page. I'm your host, Dave Buda. Um, I'm, f- I'm recording this right now from a really beautiful location. I'm up in Steamboat Springs, Colorado, and uh, I've been up here for the last couple weeks uh, contemplating and doing some writing, and it's been really great. Um, I'm, this episode is going to be great. It's, this episode is with my friend Monica Day, and the thing I really love about this episode is something that is new for me and something that I find very important is I've been I recorded this episode live in person and that's the same with uh, the episode that's coming up too with Mark Manson um, you know it, there's such a difference when I record in person over via over Skype versus over Skype it's not always easy because you know being in the same location with someone is difficult sometimes but I think there's a much more fun vibe. Uh, I've been doing this with another podcast I do called Dude Panel Radio. And uh, my co-host and I have recorded just a whole bunch of episodes together. And this is really nice. Um, so there's a couple announcements I want to make. Um, first of all, I'm sorry that's, um, if you felt a, a lack of Dark in the Page in the last four or five months. Um, I've taken a little break, as you can tell from the podcast feed. Um, I'm uh, I'm really excited about uh, this episode, about the episode with Mark Manson, and I'm really trying to publish once a month, but I'm honestly not even doing that that well. Um, and there's a couple things going on in my life. Um, one of them is I'm I'm writing a book, um, focusing on some other sources of income. And um, I'm also in the process of breaking up with my wife uh, of four years. And, and so that's been, uh, you know, a big process uh, for me. And, um, oh, I'm also, you know, I want to mention too that I've been listening to this podcast called Tangentially Speaking with a guy named Christopher Ryan who wrote a book called Sex at Dawn, which I really love. And I really like the format of it, his podcast. He does all his podcasts in person. He travels around the world and he does these like long intros. He, he might do like a 20 minute intro and he just talks about kind of what's going on, important stuff for him. And I used to think that that stuff was really boring. I used to think, you know, if you listen to some of my past intros, I'm trying to get to the point, you know, and, and oftentimes I'd actually even write out, I'd, I'd actually write a script for the intro, which is very unlike me because I'm very much of a spontaneous sort of dude. But, um, yeah, I just really like listening to this guy Chris Ryan talk about things. And and you know, if you don't really in, if you're not really into him, you probably wouldn't like listening to him talk. But I'm guessing to some extent, if you listen to this podcast, it's because you enjoy listening to me talk. And so I decided that with this episode, um, I'm going to do a little bit of a longer, more rambly intro and tell you some stuff that's going on for me. And um, so that's why this seems a little bit different than it might have been in the past. The next episode, actually, which I recorded a couple months ago, is kind of back to that standard intro. Um, but um, but yeah, so I'm writing a book. Um, I decided to write a book about my four years together with Paula, uh, my wife. And you know, I've been I've been a blogger for a while, as most of you know, and I've never really had a super desire to write a book. I've had a lot of shoulds. I've had a lot of, you know, oh, I should write a book. You know, I know I could write a book. Why don't I? Maybe I could take some articles, make it a book, blah, 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 whatever. But I've never really, really wanted to write a book. But lately, um, considering and reflecting on my relationship and some of the crazy stuff we went through and and the stories and the lessons, um, I really want to share that. And and a book is really the the best way to share that because it's it's a lot of it's four years worth of stuff and so i've begun writing that and i've been really happy with it so far i'm really excited to to finish it i'd, I'd like to be able to have it done by the end of the year and uh, of course i'm going to create a, an awesome audiobook with it because i love audio and uh so that's what i've been working on and um just really really excited about um about the fact that i recorded this podcast live um and so Dark on the Page is 
probably going to stay at once a month, um, if that. I may actually stop it because I'm doing um, one of the things I'm doing now that I'm uh, breaking up with the wife is I'm going to be selling all my stuff and just traveling the world, um, kind of nonstop. And so I'm going to take I have a I have a little Zoom H4n. It's like a really high quality audio recorder. I'm going to be taking that with me and a couple mics. And if when I meet interesting people with interesting stories, I'm going to record a conversation with them. And so right now I'm in the process of dreaming up a new podcast, which I don't have a good name for yet. I was thinking about calling it something like The Edge of Existence or, I don't know, something cool, not so lame sounding. But um, my goal is to is to just yeah just have conversations with people that are interesting to me and inspiring. And, and the reason I say conversations too is I really think there's a difference between an interview and a conversation. And conversations are what I try to do on Dark on the Page as well. I try to... I try to I, I add in my two cents. I talk, you know, we talk together. It's not just a series of questions. And interviews as series of questions can be cool sometimes. It's just not what I'm, I think, best at. And so I'm going to be taking this mic around the world and I'm going to make a new podcast. It's not up yet. It's not, it's just dreamed at this point. I mean, when I put it up, I'll definitely make a announcement on Dark on the Page so you'll know about it. Um, but I'm really excited about it. And, and I'm excited about doing conversations in person and I, I will at least at the very least I will at least keep all the dark on the page episodes up online um, depending on how much time I spend on this new one and where my motivations at I may just discontinue doing new dark on the page episodes but I won't take it down uh, I'll leave it online and um, but that being said if you're a longtime dark on the page listener or super fan and you haven't reached out to me, um, you know, do that actually makes a big difference to me when I really hear from people that, that love the show. Um, and like I said, um, probably gonna begin winding it down, but, um, I'll still try to keep up once a month for a little while. Um, and also with a preference of doing interviews in person, cause I really like that. So, um, so today's guest, Monica Day, she's a good friend of mine. Uh, we actually were sitting and drinking some wine as we were listening recording this podcast as you'll hear she just came back from a three-day writing retreat um and it was a solo writing retreat but she actually did it with a, a writing coach so kind of someone there helping her along the way and um and we talked about that whole process for her and just laughed a lot and had a great time i uh, recorded this episode maybe like three or four months ago and i've been sitting on it and so i'm finally getting it out um uh, monica i know you're listening so Thanks for your patience. And um, without further ado, here's Monica Day. Uh, to go to the show notes, type in darkenthepage.com slash 055. Uh, again, if you want to reach out to me, darkenthepage at gmail.com is where you can find me. Uh, you can also go on Facebook. And if you're not already following my blog, uh, that's where I do most of my work. And it's at buddhism.com. That's spelled B-O-O-D-A ism.com and you can sign up to get articles every week that I publish um, that is something I will continue to do for a long time uh, consistently unlike dark on the page that I'm not consistent at but here I am publishing this episode and hope you enjoy it here's Monica Day so it's good to be here with you Monica Welcome to the Dark in the Page podcast. We're here just to give you guys some context. There's glasses clinking. As good writers, we're drinking wine <laughs> as we're talking about writing. And I think especially talking about writing at the end of a writing retreat that you just did, mm -hmm. which is also a great time to drink um, at the end of a retreat. <laughs> and so here we are. And um, thanks for doing this with me. This is fun. Absolutely. I was looking forward to it. I only write, wrote this weekend because I knew I was coming here. Oh, good. <laughs> that was this big setup to be on the show. What, what, is, what in particular were you looking forward to about this? I'm curious. I thought that after like really diving in for three days, it was going to be fun to kind of unpack it a little bit and, and debrief. When you're in the process, you're not thinking about the process. Mm -hmm. You're just in it. Mm -hmm. And I thought it would be really fun to come and talk to Dave about like what was that process and how did it go and mm -hmm. and you know what came out of it. So nice. So you're like me. Like, I guess. I, I, guess <laughs> I wonder sometimes if. And I I sort of this is like a caveat when I reach out to writers to be on the show. Um, because I'm aware that not everybody loves talking about writing the creative process as much as I do. Really? And it may seem weird to you because you're maybe like me, but 
I think some people are just kind of like, like, ugh, you know, that, you know, or like when, you know, when they're asked to write a book on their creative process yeah. after writing like 10 bestsellers, they're like, ugh, really? Like, I could be that guy, you know, but um, I don't know. I just, I just find it fascinating and I, and I find it, I guess I find it a very deep subject, which is what, what's worth it for yeah. me, you know, because I find it interesting. Well, it's a little like if a tree falls in the woods and no one is there to hear it, you know, did it really fall? I mean, if a writer writes at a retreat for three days and doesn't come back and talk about it, did it really happen? Yeah, yeah. So. Well, so and you, it was more of like a solo writing retreat, right? You weren't with a group. Um, what was that? A, it was a very small group. There was one uh, facilitator and one other writer like me so it was just three of us the whole time so two of us were working on books and was there one person with a whip behind you because you had personal attention like that how was no, that no those are the retreats i run <laughs> oh right those are different kinds of retreats those are different we'll talk about the erotic poetry maybe a little later in the show um, no she didn't it would have helped but no she didn't yeah well what, what was she doing was she just writing herself and it was kind of like a by the third day, when we were really writing... she meditating on your she, book? Like no. Right next to the same room or something? That would have been so annoying. I'd have had to slap her. Um, it was pretty... She was really active the first two days because... And the reason I went is because she has a process for doing a book. I am... This is my first book. I've uh-huh. been writing my entire life, but I've never written a book under my own name. So this is new to me. And there's something... Um, overwhelming about it and if you don't know the process of it it just it helped me a lot to have someone who really could shepherd me through like at the end of three days i have an outline of my book and we're we're looking up at it on the wall right now yeah um it's wonderful and that maybe i'll take a picture of it and put it can i do that (laughs) you just you you're a faster writer than me you can't write it don't do that no no yeah i wouldn't write it i couldn't write that book i mean come on that's like i know that is my book you that's your your life story there that's true well it's not my life story but it's definitely yeah Yeah. it's it's my approach to the world so yeah. 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 No, I would love it. Take a picture I, I just of want it. To see what pe- I want people to see what they're talking about. And, you know, and there'll be like, there might be two people that actually go visit that. That'd be very exciting. Um, but yeah, um, you did this outline. Is this is this the way you kind of envisioned writing a book with this kind of mind map type outline thing? Well, you know, I wish I could show you the picture that we took on the first day because what I showed up with for this retreat, and we were joking, we called it a book in a bag. And it was all of my blog posts and poems and uh, Facebook posts and all different kinds of things all printed out and in this bag. Mm-hmm. And I I just showed up with that. And it was like, here, help me. I mean, I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, the organization part is not my forte. And, and, and writing a book for me is a marathon. I'm a sprinter. Mm-hmm. So I'm a poet. Um, I was a I was a professional copywriter for for twelve years. Um, so I'm I sprint. I get to the finish line pretty quick. Um, so this whole thing of of really unfolding my ideas and 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 really creating like a context and a perspective and walking someone through. You know, it took a long time for me to just write full sentences. Yeah, and yeah. and that sounds funny to people because. I don't know what people think about writing, but poetry is more like my first language. Mm-hmm. You know, that's it's I can I can breathe and do poetry better than I can do a lot of other things. Yeah. So so punctuation and sentences and 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 a book are are like a stretch for me. Yeah. Yeah. What is it about poetry that you feel like is different from writing a book? As obvious a question as that sounds. Um. I feel like books. In my mind, at least, and and I'm sure that other people might think differently about this, but a book is a lot more linear. I I think almost that a book is is I think of a book as a more masculine process and a poem as a more feminine process. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that's a really broad stroke, mm-hmm. um, but poetry for me is the impression of something. It's the taste of something. It's um, less concrete in some ways i i i can i can convey something in a poem in just a very different way than i can in a book and of course this book will have poems in it i mean that's one of the things Mm -hmm. i'm learning is that these are my delineations and i don't have to have them i think in some ways i'm i'm opening up my own channels about like what i can do in a book yeah that's a really 
un- that unfolding for me has been so huge in the last, I don't know how many years since I've considered started considering writing a book, mm-hmm. um, because that it's just so fluid. And then, and I find that my definition of what a book is or what a book should be is just so ridiculous. And I'm, I'm just, I'm so grateful every time I, I realize, oh, like, I could just write a book of poems, or I could include that, or I could, I could just space things however I want. I could have chapters, I could have not have chapters, I could have parts, not have parts. You know, what I realized recently, and I write a, a weekly article on my blog, and that's really the most important thing to me as a writer, and I don't, I care more about that than I do writing a book, but of course I should write a book. And so I, but once I let that go, I'm like, this is great. I'm just writing a book, one article a week. And I write about a thousand words a week. So that ends up being about 52,000 words at the end of the year. And that's, that's a book. And, that's definitely and you know, a book. And then I, and I said, okay, you know, so one of the things I'm going to do, and, and I haven't really actually like announced this on the blog yet or anything, but I'm going to put, I started to look at the writing and I said, okay, what are my cat? What are my themes here? I'm sure something similar you did here with outline. Um, and I said, huh, well, it looks like I write about and the, the stuff that really resonates with people a lot is, is relationships, creativity, and happiness for the most part. So, and I write about the Navy and I write about different stuff occasionally, but those three things. And so I was like, huh, okay, what if I just made a book called on relationships and I just took all the posts that I did on relationships, at least all like the, the top, like 50% yep. of them, you know, and I just made it in a book and it's okay if it's not long because there is no standard for how long a book should be. Yep. In fact, I've been really digging the fact that if I write a shorter book, then more people might actually finish it because we're all still kind of fucked up from our school of like, you know, (laughs) like looking at the, (laughs) I hate the fact that I look at page numbers when I read a book now. It's like, I mean, still I'm 33 years old. I'm like, you know, 10 plus years out of the formal education system. And I still just reading for me is, is still occurs to me like homework. Mm -hmm. And, and so mostly that's, I do audiobooks for that reason. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just hate it. And so when I, as a writer too, it's like getting away from whatever I think a book should be um, has been really helpful. And yeah, I'm really excited about literally not even writing much, yeah. just taking these blog posts and make, and then making an intro and then an outro and that's it. And then yeah. I've got a book I'm going to put on Amazon and maybe I'll print some copies. And I want to add one more thing since I'm just going to keep rambling here, but <laughs> you know, the, I also thought about it and I was like, I don't really know if I want to do um, like formal, like like printed copies are nice, but if I do printed copies, this kind of reminds me of my um, musician days, which is like, if I'm going to make a CD, because most people are doing MP3s, if I'm going to make right. a book, because most people are reading Kindles and stuff, um, why don't I just make it really cool? Like, why don't I make it really nice? And what if I charge $50 for the book, you know, because I make it like leather bound and I sign it. Sure. And I write a personal note to everybody that orders one, but I only make like a hundred of them or something. And I write one of a hundred on the book. Right. You know, so if people actually order a book because they want to have something really cool to hold, yeah. it's not because they're, they want to read it and that's the easiest method because that's not the easiest method to read a book. The easiest method is to read it in a PDF or something. Yeah. And so I decided to do that. That's going to be really cool. I think what you're, what you're getting at is what has changed over the years and it's the self-publishing industry yeah. and it's made publishing more accessible and some would say for better and some would say for worse. And, you know, I graduated uh, way too long ago to say sitting next to my hot 33 year old <laughs> friend. Um, when I graduated, I mean, self-publishing from, from college and I graduated with a degree in creative writing from Mills College and by all accounts, I should have gone on to write books and all of that. And, and I graduated college and I, and I promptly stopped writing yeah. because the idea of publishing was terrifying. The idea of getting, you know, a million rejections and whatever that whole life was of a writer's life did not feel exciting to me. It just didn't, it didn't sit right with me. And so I took on writing more, uh, I made the distinction between writing as process and writing as product. And Mm -hmm. I decided that writing as process was more valuable in my world. And so, um, you know, I mean, copywriting, yes, that was writing for product, but you know, it was never under my name. It was someone else's name and they paid me very well to write things to sell their products. Mm -hmm. Um, And that was a great way to make a living as a writer. Mm -hmm. But as far as creative pursuits, I mean, 
I did performance poetry. I use in my coaching programs and in you know workshops I give. I'm always having people write. People are always writing, mm-hmm. but it's it's more for what they get from writing. It's for the process of mm-hmm. writing. Mm-hmm. But I think that with self publishing. You know, the way it used to be is, you, you know, you had to offer your writing up to, you know, the, the publishing gods, mm-hmm. you know, who sat in, you know, God knows where. I mean, we all had made up stories about who these people were. Yeah. And you had to get it through, you know, these these processes that you had to go through the book proposal. The woman I was with the last three days, she had written 10 book proposals about this book that she was writing, 10. Mm-hmm. And what was interesting is that she's writing about dismantling the, or, or actually creating a new education system, hmm. okay? And she's trying to get academic publishers yeah, any of this. to publish this, yeah. right? And, and you know, and when she finally looked at it, it was like, no, that's the last place that should be publishing. Mm-hmm. That's that's the constraint. Yeah. And so I think self-publishing has introduced um, certainly a world of really lousy books. I will completely admit oh, that. Sure, yeah. It's introduced a world where people can just... But they're re- Amazon bestsellers, just, though. Just, oh, God. Yeah, don't even get me started <laughs> on that. Don't even get me started. We're going to have to drink shots instead of wine. Um, but, you know, underneath that, there's some freedom. And I think that's what I'm finding, you yeah. know, is, okay, it's, I've just found this little place where I can sneak in and say, okay, you know what? I think it's okay. I can write a book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that might sound crazy because I think people feel like every writer wants to write a book and mm-hmm. it's not true. Yeah. Every writer just wants to write. Yeah. You know? But books are a thing. <laughs> books you know, are a thing. The other thing that I've noticed too, and I've, um, is that what social media has done in a really cool way for writers, because I do think writers really thrive on social media. Absolutely. Whether, we know, whether people oh realize it or not, it's like our playground. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and all of a sudden we seem smarter and cooler than everybody else, but it's really just the fact that we can write and express <laughs> ourselves. But you know, what social media has done is, is it's given, um, it's, it's made little boxes for writers. So, for example, if the box you want to write in is 140 characters, you can write on Twitter. If the box you want to write in is like a couple paragraphs or more, Facebook. If the box you want to write in is an, is an article, but you don't want to host it on your own blog, you can write on Medium, you know, and that's, I guess, considered social media, but not really. And, you know, if you want to write, it, it's like there's all these different levels. Yeah. Not, not levels, because they're not hierarchical, but there's all these different um, it's kind of like a buffet, I guess, but reverse because you're giving, not eating. <laughs> but it's like it's it's there's, there's options for for writing, you know. You haven't and, and had enough wine to be that confused, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. <laughs> or have I? Um, but you know, it's like I just I love that because and 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 I think that in a way, social media, especially I think Facebook is is a is a beautiful gateway for writers because you know we just we just start writing and all of a sudden we've written a thousand words we, and we didn't mean to but that was the whole that's the whole point of writing you don't yeah. just sit on oh i have to give a thousand word and i remember there was like this point where somebody was like you know you could use facebook for this and that and you could be all and i was like don't do that to me please like <laughs> the last thing i need is to try to think about facebook as some marketing machine yeah. that i should you know follow these things and optimize and i'm like god please like save me from that that's terrible <laughs> but you know what you're getting at that i think is key is it's about impact writers we write to write but we write because we want to have an impact i mean we want somebody to give a shit about what we're writing i i think most of us do yeah um you know that's what i get from performing i mean when i stand that's what mothers are for in front of <laughs> that's true when i stand in front of a room full of people and i'm performing poetry i get an immediate response you know mm-hmm. people clap or they cry or yeah, they, they throw shit no yeah, never yeah, done sure. that. um they come up to me afterwards they say something right it's yeah. it, i think for me you know really it's been immediate gratification facebook is immediate gratification totally, you put that totally. thing out you know it's likes please how many of us we check our likes right. and now we got five freaking things we can write do they like it do they love it do they what do does they that mean make they them only angry <laughs> wait they're not sad are they they're... too lazy do they not know about the other buttons or what <laughs> are they angry at me or are they angry with me which yeah. is Right, right, right. That's funny. <laughs> or a mess, right? So, and the, and book is like delayed gratification. It really you know? is, yeah. The the book I'm writing is is uh, I mean we're we're making this podcast in uh, March. It won't come out until September. Mm-hmm. It's going to take me a while. It's got to be designed. It's got to be laid. That's a real. That's a lot of foreplay. 
Mm-hmm. That's a lot of foreplay to not really be sure how the orgasm is going to be. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and if that, but but it's a delay is an orgasm that spans over over the, over the years. Well, is that's that the thing. Now it could right? be multiples. It could be really good. It, <laughs> it could be, be the best of my life. One day you wake up and oh my god, and look at all these emails from people. This is oh. I, I came in my sleep. I was right. awesome. This is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you know, so I guess I'm just willing to have the next level of orgasm. Maybe it's good to have those different um, like seeds let's say you know so if you're like a farmer you know you have you plant some stuff that's going to grow in a few months you plant some stuff that's going to grow in six months and so you're not yeah. you know you can like kind of spread out your work in a way so you're getting that instant you know stuff on facebook and i think i, I love sharing pieces of what i'm writing on facebook or you know when i think of i take i'll pull like a one sentence that i really loved from an article and before i publish it you know yeah. put it on facebook all that kind of stuff and that's that's great to get that kind of constant feedback because it's otherwise you know it's like in, in a way, that is like the process. It absolutely is. When you get is. rewarded right away, that's okay. That's like the intrinsic motivation to what you're doing. And, you know, I, I started already this morning. You know, I wrote two chapters of, of this the book this weekend, and I started Excerpt Mondays. And mm-hmm. that's going to keep me accountable. So every Monday, there's going to be an excerpt from the book on my Facebook. Nice. Um, and, you know, it's, it's, you know, the book by Austin Kleon, Show Your Work. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think he made a really great point, you know, which is that the model no longer and maybe never was that we just sit in a room and we just quietly do our art and, you know, in, in a room. And we're just these geniuses that work away in private. And, mm-hmm. he's, and he, uh, he changed it to seniuses, mm-hmm. S-C-E-N-I-U-S, and that it's really more about how how our work is flavored you know he talked about how all the philosophers that used to hang out together in the cafes and all of the you know the beat poets and how they were all part of a group you know and mm-hmm. and so this idea of the lone wolf artist is not really not really true and and it's just it's changed so now we're not hanging out in cafes so much you know you and i live three thousand miles away but on facebook we can hang out mm-hmm. i can read your work you can read mine i get little flavor of this little flavor of that so yeah. so i also think that if we get the ego we, out wear, of it, we wear berets when we talk to each other <laughs> across sh- the, don't tell everybody you know. <laughs> it's so embarrassing <laughs> yeah but you know we like to um I, I think our ego likes to think that we're just these, you know, brilliant genius writers toiling away and having these great ideas. But the reality is we're seasoning each other all the time. And writing is really just um, collective consciousness put on paper. Mm-hmm. And and it's a conversation amongst, you know, us and, and every, you know, everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think if we can... Um, embrace that a little bit more and a little bit less of like my book with my name on it and my reviews and all that kind of stuff and I think you know for me that feels like the challenge is how do I not get sucked into that mm-hmm. how do I just the the importance of this book is really um, you know that I have I've developed a perspective over time that I think is important that I think changes people's lives that I think matters mm-hmm. and I want to put it out there mm-hmm. and so at the end of the day that's what's important you know, so I think perspective is is nine tenths of the game for writers. Yeah, yeah, nice. Um, I want to talk a little about um, what the like what it was like to be if I was a journalist and followed you around this weekend. Um, what it was like to be you at this retreat? You know, did you have like highs and lows? Was it? Were there times when you just were like, you know, going to strangle Stacy, or like, was she like, what did you go through that we that you really came away with some wisdom from? Well, I was going to say, I was going to say you'd be really bored if you'd been a journalist following yeah. me around. Yeah. But then also, I was having hot flashes all weekend, so I was regularly taking my clothes on and off. So okay. maybe you wouldn't well, have been that's so great. Bored, it could so. have been like a, a painter or something instead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, there's definitely a lot of highs and lows. I think. Uh, you know, there there are points where you feel really naked. Um, the, you know, you just, I can't remember who it was. Was it Hemingway or something who said writing is easy? You just open up a vein, a vein and bleed on yeah. the page. I mean, uh, that's true. Mm-hmm. You know, I find that to be true. So, um, you know, pretty regularly during a crying, you know, during, during a crying session, during a writing <laughs> session. <laughs> there you go. Somebody's crying, you know. I mean, that's really the truth. Um, you know, we. One of the things that I thought was pretty amazing about it is that we were in a really beautiful place, and mm. 
I walked downstairs. We were at a winery in Temecula and uh, stayed in the suite, you know, and rode in there the whole time. So there was no suffering. Mm -hmm. And there was a point as I was getting a a tour of this winery that I just stopped and I said, wow, I I always thought I had to suffer for my art. You know, Mm. I guess not. And and Stacy laughed. And I think that was an interesting part of it was um, not having this... It wasn't about suffering, you know, mm-hmm. and and it was really more about just revealing. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was part of it, and and then a lot of it, you know, this what we're looking at, which is you know just a big. What are some examples of how you like suffered for your work before? <laughs> would you like, you know, like how would you? What would you? What would that look like? Um, I don't know. I I feel that there were times in my life when my writing came more from unhappiness, from, you know, uh, I don't know, heartbreak, from pain, like it stemmed from that. And I think there's a stereotype that that's where the best art comes from. You know, that's where good visual art, writing, Mm -hmm. songs, you know, heartbreak, all that kind of stuff. Or when we're in love, you know, but we tend to think that it's just the highs and the lows. Mm -hmm. Um, and, uh, And then there's also the starving artist, you know, which is that as much as everybody loves artists, you know, they pay us shit. So there's a mm-hmm. reason why I was a well-paid copywriter and, you know, pretty much sold my words like I, you know, hoard my words out for money mm-hmm. <laughs> instead of, you know, keeping to writing for art, you know. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> and uh, I don't believe in the starving artist mm-hmm. m- uh, mentality. I don't think it's healthy for the artist, certainly, but I don't think it's healthy for the culture either. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ever notice, and this is happening in New York, and, you know, I know it's in San Francisco, lots of other places, it's like artists go someplace, they make it cool, mm-hmm. and then everybody with money moves in and pushes the artists oh, totally. out. Yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. totally fucked up, right? So, um, if the artists could only just buy property before they, before, you know, it, everybody it, came exactly. in, Exactly. You know, we should start some kind of a something to make that happen um so i think suffering on many levels um but i i'm at a point now in my life and i i did i did mention hot flashes and how much younger than me you are and i think i'm realizing i'm sort of hitting like the wisdom years Mm -hmm. at this point in my life and i'm realizing that suffering is is not the mother of wisdom or invention or anything else you know suffering is really just suffering Mm. and i think we learn from it along the way and and i don't think there's anything wrong with sharing our suffering and i think we learn from each other's suffering but Mm -hmm. but i i think we do ourselves a disservice if we think that that's really the the seed of our greatest genius i Mm -hmm. don't think it is yeah yeah, so to speak, maybe fucking yourself in the ass, if that's the case, you know? <laughs> I mean, if, if you have to suffer, it's like, what are you, you're just setting yourself up for this horrible, I, this I could terrible. do that more pleasurably, you know? that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that would be, that, it's, it's true. Um, I'm starting to feel the wine a little bit, this is actually good. I could tell. Uh, and, um, is this going to be the shortest podcast ever, or the no, longest? No, we don't know yet. Um, but um, yeah, no, I, 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 I get that. I, I think they, um, yeah, I get that. Um, mm, let's see, what else we're talking about? Hmm. I want to talk about this uh, object impermanence thing. Or object permanence was object permanence. Object permanence, yeah. Um, because I think this is something that everybody goes through, and um, so yeah, just tell me a little about what we talked about, and, and go go there for a second to explain what you what 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 irks you about this whole thing. Yeah, well, to do that, I'm I'm going to tell you a funny story about this weekend. So I I told you I showed up with a book in a bag, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and uh, and and. Th- Everything in that bag was meticulously sorted, mm-hmm. right? And it had little, it had paper clips and it had little different colored stickies and categories and all that kind of stuff, right? So I had spent some time on this book in a bag mm-hmm. and all my past writings and essays and all of that. And 
there was a point where, and it, and it was a very big deal for me to get to that. Like um, in order to even print all of that out and organize it, I had to have a friend stand over me at my computer while I saved everything onto a disc, which he then went and printed because I wouldn't do that. And then he helped me organize. So a disc, what's that? Oh yeah. I, <laughs> I think actually it wasn't that long ago. So it was a drive. Right. Fuck you, Dave. But you, I, I was actually curious if you had a disc. <laughs> Do you actually have, you could insert those the three and a half thing? I could have. Wow. Shut up. All right. Yeah, that's awesome. Anyway. That's old school. I mean, as a writer, that's I feel like we, we like that kind of stuff. So that's a, there do. is like a, there's a romance, there's a romance to everything that's old. Yeah. And now disc is, discs are old. So if you were like, Brother, yeah. I still have typewriter. You know, shit. how do I, I, I always write and I write and I just, I put it on a disc. I don't, I don't go to a hard drive. That's not, you know, that's not creative enough or something. And so I, I send my disc I mail it to my publisher. I don't email it. I send it through the mail or something, you know, ridiculous. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I have former copywriters to talk about faxing. The fax was like magic to them. Yeah. Anyway. If I was like, if I was like really snotty uh, writer that had like a big public, like a big deal or something, I'd, I'd be like, okay, I'm only going to send it to you on those like floppy disks. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'd make whatever, I'd make my publisher get like a floppy disk reader or something. Yeah, they'd have you know? to hire a And then I'd send lackey. it to them like with like coffee stains. Yeah. And like, we're like, why couldn't you get this? I don't understand. And they're like, we can't. Just send us a new one. The deadline's coming next week. I'm like, all right, whatever. You should make an old movie. I have like a midget that. deliver the floppy disk to the <laughs> publisher or something. That's anyways. terrible. So anyway, I've got this book in a bag, which, and it was a very big deal to get it. And what was hard about what was hard about putting that together? I'm like I write like I like some people like a sand painter, you know, it's it, I write it and then it just goes away. Like I write it, I go, I perform it and I don't know, I stick it somewhere. I, I don't even Did you feel like it was some of it wasn't relevant or were you afraid about that or what, what was it's the It's really hard to it's hard to explain. I think it's a psychological condition to be honest, but um I'm very much about the moment. You know, I'm very much about the present moment. And and yeah, sometimes things I wrote before don't feel relevant anymore. I mean, that's part mm-hmm. of it. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's something about just being pinned down, you know, or, or like I said, maybe it's a psychological condition. But when she tried mm-hmm. to take this bag from me and tell me that I had to re- organize these piles i mean i i I had a little like meltdown like i had a little ocd meltdown i'm grabbing my bag i've I've got it like i'm like bear hugging it you know and i'm like but it's already sorted you know and she's going it's okay (laughs) like she had to talk me down you know that was a rough moment and so there's something uh there's something about the whole process of getting it out of the system, right? So that's that's one thing, and then getting it on paper, and then sharing it. But then it's something else about it having a shelf life that's that's just different. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, we we lose control. And I don't know about everybody else, but my writing is extremely. Um, personal. I mean, I, I write extremely personal things. I, mm-hmm. I do a lot of erotic writing. I, I do a lot of, I write a lot about race. You know, I'm a white woman who writes about race. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of that mm-hmm. going on. Yeah. Um, you know, so people can take the things I write and do whatever they want with them. I mean, it's like any form of art. You know, the minute it's out of you, you've got to let it go. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's hard. Um, I have children, and I often say that children are kind of like putting your heart outside your body and letting it walk around, you know? And I feel similarly about my writing. And, you know, we have to let go of it all the time. Yeah. Um, And and I think we can, you you and I can joke, you know, you and I are similarly kind of edgy Uh in our writing, and and people find our stuff, and, you know, they have all kinds of feelings about it, and we're like, wow, you know, (laughs) you did, that's great, good for you, you know? And I think we can laugh about it or we can be kind of, um, but I've lost jobs because of my writing. You know, mm-hmm. I lost a six-figure job offer um, because the writing that I did on online was found. Mm-hmm. And uh, I write about, I, I, I did a one-woman show that I performed called Song of the Sacred Whore. Yeah. I have a website called The Sensual Life. And I was being hi- hired uh, as a director of corporate sales yeah. selling curriculum. And this was this was in the 1920s. You're talking about or is this happened here. I just him off. But that's not even a reference to the age. I mean, I'm talking about. That's like you know. No, I'm just right. saying that. That's to me. It's just like I always just think about that. I'm like, gosh, is that really? Yeah. That, like I was on the phone this morning with like Wells Fargo and the bank, and they were yeah. going, "Could you uh, 
So we could we send you, we well we can get this to you, but could, we need to send you a fax. And I'm like, yeah. Let me hold on. Let me just rustle around from my time machine, and then I can get a fax. <laughs> yeah. Why you know like this? Yeah. yeah 2016. No, th- this was five years ago. Yeah. And it was and it also was an all women's um, uh, business. It was like a women owned oh, wow. all women's business. Yeah. So oh. it wasn't the man, and it wasn't you know it wasn't <laughs> any of that. Yeah. That would have made mean, a good poem though. If it yeah, would have made yeah. a really good poem. But that so, would be a good so, poem, the woman. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Against that the would woman, be. like that boss or something. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But you know, there's there's um, consequences. There are consequences for revealing yourself fully, and mm-hmm. I've lived them, you know? Well, actually, I'm a white man, so there's not a lot of consequences <laughs> for me. <laughs> Own that privilege, Dave. Um, Own it. <laughs> so I will imagine that, <laughs> that this world exists. Um, but I hear you. Like, it's really, you know, yeah, yeah. It is a it, it is a real thing, and and you know and and it does depend on what you write about, and there are a lot of things that you can write about that are safer than others, but mm-hmm. I don't write about those things. Right. Yeah. Um, and and it might be rational or not, but um, we live in really interesting times, mm-hmm. you know, and and not to get like too deep, but you know, politically and and in a lot of other ways, we live in some scary times, mm-hmm. and I don't think any of us knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and so object permanence means that the shit I write, you know, if I if I perform it and I leave and the minute the last syllable is out, that's it. And people just have an impression and mm-hmm. they can't buy a book and they can't go home with it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I feel safe. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the, the the day that it's it's written down and it can be proven and is this you and did you write this? Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, you know, we, we have a presidential candidate who wants to not let Muslims in this country and kick mm-hmm. them all out and build walls and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and um, these are scary times, and I get scared. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's funny. I, I don't know. I, the, this idea of permanence is, is really interesting. And, um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that on some level we all, we, we all, we all deal with it. Um, I think you're more aware of it on a real level because you actually had an experience of it being like, oh, this the fact that this is out there and I couldn't change that mm-hmm. really affected my life. Right. Um, and um, I'm always just thinking, you know, the, the I, this is this will never stop tripping me out. But this idea that, you know, our great grandkids could be listening to this right now <laughs> and, and not not and listening, horrified, like literally <laughs> listening to this. Like yes. as we speak, our voice will be mm. being played a, a thousand years from now. You know, yeah. if we make it that far and everything, and <laughs> and so I just think that that's fascinating. There's there's so much. It's almost it almost is like so mind blowing that I can't even grasp it in a way. Mm. That um, everything I write that our our, our our kids could be going well, you know, are or will be going through our Facebook timelines to see like what was what was mom like when she was twenty one, you know, like. <laughs> And your mom's like doing a little duck face, like holding yeah. up a Heineken or something, you Passed know. Out. Right. And it's like, well, you know, that that is just infinitely fascinating to me. Yeah. This idea that that everything we do now has like a huge echo throughout time. And not huge as in like, you know, but but huge as in it's accessible and somebody will care about it. Somebody will be interested in it. And um, I mean, if I could go through my grandmother's time Facebook timeline when she was twenty, I would be that would be amazing. I would love that. It absolutely, you know, would be. it would yeah. be incredible, especially if, if grandma really like opened up and wrote some like you know amazing stuff of what it was like to grow up in the thirties or whatever. You know, exactly. I mean, I just think that would be fascinating and also incredibly educational because mm-hmm. you know, like there's like oh, there's grandma talking about Hitler and like wow, that looks a lot like people talking about Trump or whatever. Exactly. It would just be really fascinating to me to to, to think about that stuff and yeah. so um you know i i love that one of the guys i interviewed um named charlie kempthorne is uh i saw an article about him in the wall street journal um and my mom sent it to me and he's uh sort of famous for journaling and he's journaled he's written over 10 million words or something insane mm. he's probably in his like 70s or 80s and one of the things he's doing now is going around and helping uh seniors like really put their life down on paper oh, that's great and he really believes, and I, I really believe this too, is that he really believes that that there is a, there's it's such a service when we can actually like take yeah. the wisdom of our life and and the stories we have and and pass it on, just not yeah. let it die with us, you know. And he and he does it in a really beautiful way that it's not uh, there's not like it's not that, that like kind of um, you know entrepreneurial like like 
you gotta live your legacy, man. Like, don't let it die with you. Don't let your book die with you. It's not. It's not like that. It's really it's quite creepy. wonderful, you know. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, I, I really, I, I really get that, and um, and yeah. Well, and the worst. So the flip side is that maybe nobody will care. Yeah. Right. So that's the other thing, and yeah. I, and I and I think we live. I think when we write or we do any kind of art or creativity, we live with both. Somebody might care a lot. It might change someone's life. Of mm-hmm. course, that's always what we want. There might be repercussions. And then it just might be crickets. Mm-hmm. Nobody could give a shit what we write. Yeah. And and that's horrifying. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, so all of that is true. And I think that that in there is the risk of it all. You know, it's mm-hmm. like you're putting yourself out. It's, I mean, it's like you think about, you know, just a date or asking someone out or something like that. You know, boy, it could go a lot of different ways. And, and every guy knows um, that risk is like one of the hardest things. You know, I always give it up to you guys, like, in, you know, because men are still predominantly the ones that take those risks. Mm-hmm. Um, that's Thank you. a lot. I feel, like men don't a lot of, I feel like men don't get a lot of credit men for that. Men get no like really, credit for that. That I, would be another good poem. I feel like we've come up with like four good poem ideas in the last, like, well, when we're done, we're going to finish we've this spent wine. together. This is really good. I'd like to shout out to the men who risk themselves by asking me out. That would be a great poem. I would love to see you do Absolutely. that. Absolutely. I, I have, um, I actually have one called um uh something what is it something about how men reveal their hearts to us in the dark that there's something that happens between men and women in the dark Mm. that we don't talk about nice and um and and that it's something that we protect as women it's like we protect the vulnerability of 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 how men are with us in that private place Mm -hmm. and um and we don't remind them of it in the morning when they get up and go to work Mm -hmm. you know we don't put it in their face and i think it's something that isn't talked about Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, there you have it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I guess I want to um, sort of uh, wind down with the question that I like to ask people at the end of the show. I don't know if you got to the end of the show with, with, the, with the end of Allison's show, but this is the question I ask people at the end of every show. And it's, um, if you could write yourself a note and, and pass it back through the fabric of time mm-hmm. to yourself... Whenever you whenever you started writing, or whatever mm. you consider that, it could be you at the college graduation. It could have been you, you know, mm. even this Friday before you started this retreat. Um, um, what would you say? And what and and you can even point to a time that you feel like would be most relevant for you. And and I want to send this note. And this is what I want to say. And this is when I want to send it to myself. Mm. What would you What would you say? And what would you When would you send it to yourself? Hmm. That's interesting. I I have two thoughts. Um, you know, one is to just tell myself to lighten up a little, you know, and not make such a big deal out of it. Um, not overthink the whole process to just write, you know, like I think just write might be the message. Um, but you know, the flip side of it is, I remember I ran into one of my college professors, my favorite one, who, you know, was, uh, the one who I did my thesis with and all of that. And I saw her out at a restaurant. It's always so embarrassing, like when you see your college professor and like you're way drunk and they're out at a <laughs> restaurant and you're like, hey, it's like the only Sheila. time you ever see him when you're yeah. drunk. I'm like, what is that? Yeah, of you know, course. Yeah. You know. <laughs> and I'm all just up at her table going, Sheila, I'm not writing, you know, and I'm like all slurring. And it's totally embarrassing. But anyway, she was so sweet and she said, You'll write when you have something to say. And that's okay. And I felt that so strongly before I went into this weekend, these three days. And I thought, because I want to be hard on myself. I want to be like, oh, I've waited so long, and why have I not done this till then? You know, I have that whole tape of how long I feel like I've waited to really step into my own power as a writer and claim it. And I just thought, you know, I think it just took this long to have something to say. And that that's okay. You know, the world doesn't need another writer just just saying shit to say it. Um, and that maybe it's okay to wait until you really have something to say. So I think I would discount the notes I would have given myself because it would have been just stupid permission that I didn't need. And I think I would stick with hers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I love that. <laughs> um, hmm. Well, I... Um yeah, this has been really fun. I, I didn't expect the wine to actually really influence me like it did. <laughs> I was going to um, say, I think I, I thought you were just bored with me because I think you do these longer usually. 
no I, i've been i've been you? trying no, been to drinking. do you have any questions for me i've been i've been trying to keep them <laughs> to like a half an hour so this oh, went a little longer okay well but um, because they also add a little it'll be like five minutes more but oh. do you have any is there anything you wanted to ask me no i just was, <laughs> i was just feeling like i wasn't interesting enough no no not at all not at all um <laughs> i really um i would like to know when are you going to write that is there book, else? Dave Buddha? Which one, the on relationships? Book no, I want you to know when are you going to write one where where you do this like Buddhism. Oh, I, I started that, but Did I didn't. Uh, well, I started it, and yeah, just didn't really feel like I wanted to do that. I'm really excited about putting together these little books. I think that's an awesome out. idea. This is uh, so much. So Paula gave me this for Christmas because I wrote a post every week in 2015, <gasps> and then she made this oh, for me. Oh, this is beautiful! And this is how I got the idea because I was like, "Wow, it, it's it's that's literally amazing. just the post, exactly, no different." And yet, there's something so beautiful about it—the fact that it's it exists. Like I didn't. Okay, you, know? you should. Okay, I'm holding this. He's going to cut this. It's okay. But I'm holding an amazing book, and you should publish this just like this. This is so great. Look, the pictures and everything. Yeah. Damn. Okay, you should do and it, this. And it, what's cool is I didn't, I've never even thought about including pictures like that. Yeah. Because like, I didn't think about this book. I just did it on my blog, and then blog, you put pictures because it's nice. Yeah. You know, and um, but it, wow. it just came out so cool. The downside is that you have to get permission for all these photos. Right. That's what killed me. I actually have a little book before this book that's waiting to get mm-hmm. published, and the that's that's a whole other I'm topic. I'm going to do with this is yeah. go through and replace. Mm-hmm. Ones that I that I need. I'm just gonna go through Flickr, Creative Commons, and like look at. Yeah, but know. it's really hard. These are beautiful. Okay, yeah. so all right, so I'm looking forward to. Yeah. The Buddha book. Anyways, but um, <laughs> yeah, this is really cool, and I like this. This is what I was talking about with the leather that yeah. I'm gonna make. I mean, this these are like 45 bucks a piece to print. Wow. You know, and so I imagine if I do wow. a bunch of them, it'd be a little less, but. You know, I want to create something where I'm spending like like 20, 30 bucks a piece yeah. on a book. Yeah. And then have it be. Um, like a really like kind of a collector's item i guess yeah for like my like really hardcore, hardcore readers you know yeah. and then everybody else can get it you know i'll just put it on amazon for five bucks or something like that and people can download it uh you know with no cost to me and that's kind of cool and um you yeah do it. yeah that's what i do, do so pretty excited well, about that really fun drinking wine and talking about writing with you yeah yeah <laughs> thanks for having me Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, wasn't that nice to record it live? Didn't you feel the difference it being live? Um, I did. And um, I, uh, if you want to reach Monica Day, you can go to thesensuallife.com. That's where she makes her internet home. And that's also where you can hear about her book once she finishes it. And uh, you can also find her on Facebook, Monica Day. There's a few Monica days, but if you search The Sensual Life, uh, you'll find her. And um, yeah, thanks, Monica, for being on the show. For those of you who have been listening to the show um, and you enjoy it, uh, I would love to see a rating and review. Uh, honestly, I read I read them all the time, and uh, they're a nice. It's a nice way to remember how um, people are really enjoying the show. And so, if you want to do that, uh, go ahead and do that. There's no sponsor this this episode so um if you like this share with your friends tell people about people about dark in the page and like us on facebook other than that uh, we'll see you soon and until next time (laughs) go make great art